Hey guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you enjoy the Girl Dad Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe the relationship between a daughter and her father is one of the most important relationships a young lady can have. And therefore, my mission is to promote the daddy-daughter relationship by sharing the voices of girl dads to the world. So check out our podcast on every platform where podcasts can be listened to. And if you want to watch the podcast, check us out on our YouTube channel. Again, that's the Girl Dad Discussions podcast with your host, Ernest James. Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Deal to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. That's deal to heal teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's deal to heal teas at deal to heal teas.myshopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App and make a donation to dollar sign E. James, the number 418 Make a one-time donation to the Cash App, or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Heal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can and should live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help people to deal, to heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. If you haven't already, Make sure that you listen, like, subscribe, and share. Definitely want to get our YouTube uh, uh, subscribers up. So make sure that you guys follow us on YouTube. Also, on all of your listening uh, podcast listening platforms. Uh, And also, make sure that you guys stay until the end. I'm going to tell you how you can win $100 from the podcast. But you got to stay until the end to get that information. So, uh, just like you guys know, our our next segment of our podcast is our product of the week. So our product of the week this week, as you know, 
our podcast is self-sustained and the way that we keep ourselves on the air to keep bringing you guys uh, great information is by bringing you products and things that you can purchase in order for us to stay on the air. So our product of the week is the ebook entitled From Males to Men, Three Steps of Walking into Manhood. From Males to Men, Three Steps of Walking into Manhood. Of course, that can be found on our website at ebooks by ejames.com. Again, made it real simple. That's ebooks by ejames.com. So you can get our product of the week, which is um, our ebook from Males to Men, as well as the other ebooks that is also available there. Make sure you guys are checking us out. Also, make sure you guys are checking out on our website, dealhealfulfill.org. That's dealhealfulfill.org is our uh, official website where you can find out more about me as far as the things that I have going on uh, and that we have going on as a company, the podcast, the t-shirt line, the eBooks, the whole nine yards. You can find all that information at dealhealfulfill.org. And of course, again, check us out on our eBooks to, to check out our eBooks at ebooksbyejames.com. Make sure that you guys are checking that out. So today, just like any other day, we are blessed with a guest. Miss Deborah, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I am good. I am good. First of all, let me say thank you for taking out the time to be here uh, with me and my listeners. Because you could have been doing anything else, but you're here with us, and we definitely appreciate it. And I want you to know that up front. Thank you so, for having me. Thank no you. Problem, no problem. So do me a favor uh, to kick us off. Introduce yourself uh, to my listeners. Let let us know who you are and what it is that you do. Oh, that's 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 loaded. Um, I am I am Deborah Faith. I am the host creator of the Exchange Place podcast. I um, and over there we do healing too. Um, I actually lost my sister. Um, she died in my arms when I was eleven years old, um, almost twelve years old, and um, the trauma that came from that and not getting um, any type of therapy or and what I saw in um, my life caused me to create that space along with a, a number of other things, but that was really the, the main thing. So at the exchange place, we are, we give people um, windows um, and mirrors. So where they may be in life and also where it's possible to go. Um, we are dedicated to healing evolution and restoration. So um, I'm the, the, the host, the creator, the, 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 like, kind of like you, the everything yeah. that, that space. I'm also an author um, of two books, one um, centered around podcasting um, because I, I, I love this space and I do feel like um, we should take over this space, this yeah. airway, sometimes larger platforms that aren't you know, doing necessarily what I would consider purpose work are getting more attention than we are. So I'm committed to that. So I have a, a, a course that um, it's called Airways and it's us um, basically taking over the airways um, so people can find their purpose and really put out um, great content. Um, uh, what else? Um, author of a new journal that just dropped. And I'm a certified coach and also in school to be a therapist. So a lot going on. I'm a mother, I, I'm a friend, I'm, um, I'm a mental health advocate to the heart. Um, 
I love this space. I think it's, I'm, I'm loving that we're doing more of that now in our communities. I think, you know, um, for African-Americans, we, we, we kind of steered away from um, therapy and even talking about or having crucial conversations, even if you're not going to therapy. So that's kind of my, my, my purpose. And that is a, a little, a little bit about who Deborah Faith is. Right, right, right. A little. That sounds like a whole lot, but <laughs> but I, I, I thank you for the work uh, that you do. Um, I wanna I wanna go back a little bit, right? So I, I was hearing what you said, and you mentioned about um your sister passing away your arms, and I definitely wanna to talk a, a little bit about that. But be, before that, and even though that was an early, that was an early uh incident, because you said you were almost eleven. Um, I was almost 12, yeah. I was 11, almost 12, yeah. Okay, all right, 11, almost 12. So um, they say that hindsight is 2020, mm -hmm. right? So I'll, I'll, I'll ask the question, then I'll give you the scenario why I ask it. So they say hindsight is 2020. And so now as an adult, we can look back over our life and see that there were things, certain things that happened, right, in our life that at the time we probably didn't pay too much attention to, but as we got older and then get into the space where we are now, we can think back and say, that's why I remember that. That's mm -hmm. why that happened, you know, and how it plays a part into what we do now, right? Yeah. So my question to you is, do you have any incidents like that now that you can look back and say, yeah, that's why I went through that? And so let me, I'll give you the, I'll give you the reason why I asked that, right? So when I was younger, I probably was 18, maybe younger than 18, 19, probably 17, 16, 17. Me and my cousin went to a uh went to a, to the corner store. I was probably like it was late in the afternoon, probably like eight, nine o'clock. We go into this to this corner store to get something, whatever we were going to get, right? And so these two guys come in. One of the guys is a regular, I, I say regular because I'm Five and my five feet something, you know, so that's regular to me. So he's about my size. But the guy he was with had to be like six foot something, right? Yeah. Two black guys. One of them was smaller. The other one was a big guy, right? And the big guy is crying. And so they walk in and this little guy is trying to console this big guy. And, you know, through the, the limited conversation that they were having, I can tell that it was a female that I want to say passed away from his reaction that he was going through. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so he's, again, the, the smaller guy is trying to com comfort the larger guy. And so we get in line. It's probably, he's right in front of me. They're, they're right in front of me. And it's probably like five or six people in front of them waiting for the register. And he, they're sitting there. And then the big guy just takes his fist and he hits the top of the counter. And he hits it so hard, it's like boo, it like echoes throughout the whole store and everything like stop, like in the movies, like everything stop. Yeah. And he's like, I just want some cigarettes, right? So everybody in front of him, like, hey, let this man get some cigarettes, you know. So he moves up to the front, he pays for his cigarettes, and they walk out. Now, again, I was probably only like 16, 17, right? But I remember that story vividly. Fast forward years later, after my mom passed away. And my mother-in-law at the time passed away. I go through bereavement and I go through bereavement sessions and I really like it. And so when I get out, I start um, a nonprofit 
organization that offers bereavement sessions, right? Mm -hmm. And that moment that I remember so vividly, why I remember about this guy, I didn't know until that moment. Like that was part of my story. You know, like that's why I remembered that because I knew that our community needed this, right? Mm -hmm. They needed this work. And so that was just one of my things. And so I just asked sometime, you know, of course, like you said, your your uh, incident with your sister was definitely, you know, a, a turning point. But just, just asking if there are any other stories like that, that you can look back now and say, yeah, I remember that because that plays a part now and what I'm what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so, so I, and just to give you some context, so I lost the, the year that I lost my sister, um, that same year I lost my grandmother and great grandfather. Um, I would go on to lose my first son. Um, I would find my aunt deceased. I mean, I, I probably have tons of those. I think what really was my turning point um, I lost my dad in 2016. Um, he died of cancer. But the experience that I had with him prior to him leaving here was probably the most life-changing experience. And I say that because I think the deaths previous, though they were traumatic, um, I had learned from being a young child to just keep going. And what we kind of always equate to strength um, even as a child of just like you, you know, you get it together, you have a couple of days to cry and then you just go back to life and things go back to normal. Um, when my dad got sick with cancer, um, it really, I don't want to say stop my life, but it did put my life on pause. Um, I was, of course, his caretaker. My mom was around, of course, but I was the one driving him back and forth to chemo, keeping up with all the records and, um, it was my glimpse, at, and I know people often kind of cringe when I say this, but it was almost seeing myself leave here. Um, me and my dad were super similar in how we lived life. Um, and, you know, provisions of I'm a single mom, so always, you know, just providing and just working every day and kind of in the hustle and bustle of life. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad was 6'4". Um, I'm all of five, five. Right. So he's this large 220, I mean, probably even more than that. He's a big guy. You know, he's <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. And I watched him, you know, shrivel down to nothing. Um, I, I love that time with my dad. I went and traded for the world. It is where I really got to know him as a person and not as a parent. Um, it was life changing for me because, and why I say I, I had the opportunity to see what my life would be like had I not changed it. Um, my dad was always thinking about everybody else. Um, and I think he took care of himself because I know he prided himself in that, but I think he died full. Um, and there was a lot of things. He retired only because he had cancer. He, um, you know, conversations that we had, it was like, I just wish, you know, um, I knew it, like I didn't have enough time. Right. And him leaving here 
opened up the door, I feel like, for me to, to create a platform to have uncomfortable conversations, to talk mm -hmm. about things that we don't naturally um, or normally talk about in my household. And I think in a Black community, when trauma happens, right, we are um, kind of taught to be strong, whatever that means. And normally that strength looks like, you know, packing down that trauma, packing down that hurt and pain and keep on going. And it was it was eye opening to me because my dad died in 2016. I lost my sister in 1990. Right. Um, and y'all don't be counting my age. y'all. <laughs> but because I, I know somebody over there like, how old is she? But, you know. 1990 to, to, to 2016 is an extensive time, right? And, mm -hmm. and during that time, I was succeeding. I mean, I was at the top of the food chain as far as corporate, you know, and, and, and work. It looked like I was doing really well, but on the inside, I was dying, like literally dying and fading away, right? Because I had learned how to put a mask on. I had learned all the unhealthy stuff. I never really grieved. I didn't know what grief looked like. I, I remember my sister, she died. We had a funeral. I was back in school before I could blink, right? Yeah. And I remember throughout even my childhood dealing with depression and not knowing what that was, you know, not knowing what, why I didn't want to get out of bed or why it wasn't just a kid not wanting to go to school, but why I, I used to feel like that. Or when I got into work, you know, working as an adult, what was those days that I just couldn't get it together. Right. I, I just did. I didn't know. So I would say my dad's death really, it, I always say that his death gave me life. Mm -hmm. Um, it is something that though I often wish that he was here to see the amazing things, I feel like I would not be doing half of the things that I'm doing without the experience of watching him leave here. Um, and though I had experienced death before, this death opened up a pathway to so much other stuff that I had not even thought of handling. Like I literally, I had lost one of my really close friends who I grew up with 14 years before my dad had even died, right? And after my dad died, it it finally hit me that my friend was no longer here, you know what I mean? And it was like, he died that day. So um, it just made me more aware of how much we as humans can box up and not address and still live life. I mean, I was living life, I had kids, I was, you know, getting promotions. It, it looked good on the outside, but the inner me was so broken. So just, you know, a, a, a piece of work. Let me just say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would have to say, you know, my dad, my dad's death and him leaving here, definitely the conversations we had um, in those 18 months. Um, I treasure them, but they were real conversations, even down to the last conversation that I had with him when he was literally completely brain dead. My dad was an ultimate provider. I mean, to the point where he, there was a Sunday, I remember me and my youngest son, we went up to the hospital. And at this point there was, I mean, he was just like in the bed. He, he There was no interaction, nothing. He was completely pretty much brain dead, but he was still like fighting to be here because he was worried. My dad was a veteran. Um, and he was worried that my mom didn't get, she hadn't gotten approved for her benefits. And I literally, I prayed on, prayed over him. 
And I remember telling him that he, he, he has the opportunity to live through me because as long as I live, like I will not leave. First of all, I'll never leave here full. Like everything that God has given me will be left here. Um, and that for my lifetime, people will hear his name. They will know whether it's just my dad. They will hear the story because I feel like, like I said, I feel like he died full. You know, he lived his life literally for us. And the next morning he was gone. He just needed that. Like everything's good. I'm like, I got it. You know, I got it. So I, I would have to say his death um, was probably, you know, it changed the trajectory of my life. It literally, um, it, it forced me into this. I, and I, I hate to say forced, but I, I just feel like I, I got pushed into something and I decided not to not to take this journey alone, right? And to, to create a platform that people could know that you you can navigate this. You can't, you know, you can get to the other side. There is restoration on the other side and it's not an easy process, um, but it's possible. Um, so I, I pray that people know that, you know, when they look at me that I'm a, you know, I'm an example of God's possibility to heal because I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot and thank God I don't look like what I've been through. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that, that would have to be it. Yeah. That would have to be it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you brought back so many things in, in my mind with, with everything that you just said. And I'm probably going to forget some stuff, but <laughs> so let me, let me go back. Uh, when you, one of the things you were talking about that you mentioned, um, my mom passed away from cancer. Right. And um, so did my mother-in-law at the time. Right. So actually my mother-in-law passed first and then my mm -hmm. mom passed away. And so when my mother-in-law passed, we were really close. And so I was with her um, almost to the day. Right. And so I'm a, I'm a bricklayer by trade. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was just getting into the bricklayers at, at that point. And so I had to go a training that was like, uh, it was like a three month training. And this is right when she got to the point where she pretty much was bedridden and, you know, one of the responsive and things like that. And so for whatever reason, um, why I had this notion, I don't know. And I still don't know, but I, I do believe that God doesn't have that for me, but it was just something that I had that I always felt like if someone that I knew was getting to that point, I wanted to be there to the end. Right. And that was always my throat. And so I had this training coming up and I didn't want to leave. She was already in hospice and I didn't want to leave. And so me and my wife at the time had the conversation and she was like, well, you know, mom was all about handling your business, you know, so she would want you to go, you know, she would want you to stay here. So I said, all right, I'm gonna go. So I left that night. It was a couple of hours drive. I was driving a couple of hours drive to where I drove uh, to get to where I needed to be. And that next day, like in the afternoon of the next day, she passed. Mm. And I had to turn and, and drive back. Um, three years later, my mom gets sick out of nowhere, right? And this is so much to unpack going from what you said. So one thing I want to talk about, I want to mention, all right, so my mom gets sick. <laughs> I hope you can follow me because it's- a, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. My mom gets sick out the blue, right? And so 
one of the things my mom always wanted us to do as a family was take a family portrait. And mm -hmm. over the years, we just never got around to it. So it's nine of us siblings, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a mom and dad, nine kids. And so we just never got around to it. And so this one year, she's like, all right, look, everybody be in my house on this day wearing these colors. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> she just had the photographer come to the house. And so we all come to the house and we take these pictures. Um, again, this is something my mom always wanted, not knowing a couple months after that she'll be gone. Mm -hmm. um, another thing as in that same vein is my mom and dad, my dad used to drink a lot when we were younger. And so he, he constantly struggled, you know, with, with addiction, with alcohol addiction. But after my mom passed, and this I didn't even know. After my mom passed, my dad, I go to visit my dad, and he got uh, photo albums on his night table. Mm -hmm. so I pick up the photo albums, and I'm looking through one, and it's all pictures of him and my mom, like, going to all these places. And I'm like, when did you guys do that? You know, and I was, like, flipping through all these pictures. And so God allowed my dad to get free of alcohol addiction for about seven years, the last seven years of my mom's life. And they were like everywhere. Like I didn't even know that they had been to so had done so much stuff or whatever. And so that's just real, going back to what you mentioned about your father saying he wish he had more time if he had only known. And that was just a shock to us because again, that same thing, my mom got sick all of a sudden and then she was gone, you know? And it's like, wow, because with my dad struggling with alcohol and he would get sick from it over the years, if we had to say which one of them would probably be going first, we would probably, everybody would have probably say, yeah, probably be dead. You know yeah. what I mean? But it was my mom and my dad is still with us, still healthy, you know, and, and doing well. But it's just one of those things. And then the, the other thing that you mentioned about was kind of being pushed into this line, yeah. into the line of work that you do. And so, that's why I asked, going back to the beginning with that story that I remembered about the guy in the in the shop and then going through bereavement myself and being so moved by like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start this nonprofit doing bereavement work. And it's like, yeah, that same nudge, I don't even call it a push. I just say nudge. Yeah. <laughs> that same nudge that pushed me in that same direction, you know, I feel like it was a side of the thing, same thing. And then one way that I, I think of it sort of a negative somewhat, because I believe it was part of my purpose. And mm -hmm. so when I think about my family, my sisters and brothers, again, I have eight. I say, well, it's like you guys are collateral damage of my purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, like, unfortunately, you had to feel that same pain without getting the same purpose out of it. You know what I mean? Like I got the purpose, you only got the pain, you know? And so it's, I don't know, that's just kind of one of the ways that I process that whole thing. Um, but yeah, it's like so, so much of what you said just was, was resonated with me as you were saying it. I'm like, I wanted to write it down, but I was trying to listen at same time. <laughs> but definitely, um, but even going through that and, and coming out, uh, one of the things that I was able to, benefit from was the bereavement when I went through it. And I definitely uh, think it's very important. So I'm glad that you do the work that you do. And so when we're, when we're talking about even the, the stages of grief, right? Could you tell me a little bit about once you did 
come to the realization that, you know what, I haven't even really grieved. And then you started doing the work that you do. Talk to us a little bit about those, uh, just the stages on that on that grief wheel. Because I know even in my own my own life, uh, and I would say that grief never ends. It, it it slow. Let's say the wheel might slow down. You know what I mean? Because it's been a little a little over ten years since since my mom been gone. And I tell anybody, some days it feel like it's been ten years, and some days it feel like it was ten days. You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> the grief wheel never stops. Like I said, it might slow down, but then you know you never know from from day to day how it's going to affect you. But in your own story, you know, as you're processing it, and even now helping others to process it, you know, what are some of the tools that you use to help you cope that you teach others to do also? Yeah. Um. I so I I, I agree, and I second that grief is something that never ends. Um. I, I hate the saying of I was actually just in a workshop and they were like, what is the the, the biggest lie you've ever heard is that time heals all wounds. I knew um, what you was going to say before you said it. <laughs> it, it. It just doesn't. You know, I even have moments of missing my, my younger sister and wondering what life would have been like growing up with her. I also... And we'll talk about that. But my older sister also passed away. So my mom had experienced losing two children. Um, now, she, my oldest sister passed away before I was here. Um, but to answer your question, what, what does my journey look like? It, it, it's a never ending process. Um, as far as coping, I allow myself to feel. Um, I have learned over the years um, of just grief in general, and whether that's grieving grieving my oldest son or or my dad or my sister or people close to me that I've, I've lost. Um, I've learned to accept my moments, but not get stuck in them. Um, and if I need a day, I take one. Um, I've learned to not put a time limit. I think so often, I, I know I used to get frustrated with myself of like, I, I feel like I should be further along or I feel like, you know, this certain thing shouldn't bother me or maybe trigger me. But I have moments, I just bought a brand new house and I, I, I miss my dad. I hate that he's not here to see it. So even in joyful places, and that that's normally a lot of times where I feel I see my grief as I'm succeeding or doing the things that I kind of talked to my dad about and not even knowing it was going to be in this space, but just like, okay, I'm going to, you know, you know, I'm not going to be working for nobody no more. You know what I mean? That it's like, he's not here. Or when my boys are doing something or they have accomplishments or holidays are really hard. So I, I would tell everybody who is grieving or experiencing grief to allow yourself to have a moment. And sometimes that moment is not just a moment. Sometimes that is a day. Sometimes that is two days, but I, I would also recommend for everybody, even though I'm in school to be a therapist, I'm, I'm also a certified coach. Um, I have people and I have a support system. I do have um, a list of things that I will do while I'm, while I'm grieving. And I have a list of things that I don't do. Um, and I know that probably sounds crazy to people, but I try it, I try it. Um, it's who I will reach out to when I feel that way, who I know is able to steward me well. And whether that is a coach or a therapist or a very good friend, um, I would say get your support system and, and people you feel safe with, safe expressing your feelings, safe 
you know, saying I'm having a bad day, right? Um, I think so often we have this, and I know it goes men, men and women have this thing of just strength. And especially if you are the strong person in the family, um, the person that people come to, sometimes it's hard to acknowledge, you know what I mean? Okay, it's a hard day. So I have a set of people um, that I know I'm going to go to. I have a set of things that I know make me feel better. I don't know what your things will be. And I'm just talking to the audience. I know for me, um, I really enjoy Korean spas. So when I need to kind of decompress um, and get away, I'm also a, a, a avid <laughs> journaler, um, whether that is, um, you know, audio journaling or journaling, journaling. I got a journal. Look, I got a, journals everywhere in the house because I love to journal and I feel like it's always a dumping of feelings. Um, I've also implemented a thing that I call daily office. Um, so every morning, along with my journaling, I kind of have this set things that I kind of ask myself so I can locate myself and see where I am. That's helped me tremendously. Um, it helps me know when I might be a little off. Maybe I need a day off. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm doing too much um, and I need to reschedule some stuff, you know, for that week. Um, but I would say, be honest with yourself. I think that's one of the worst things that I did not do during um, grief in my past was when I was feeling a certain way, I tried to push through it. Um, and though there are days and, and, and certain things that you will have to do that for, it's okay to take a break. It is okay to take a break. It, it is okay to get a breather. It is okay to go to your support system and you know, be vulnerable and transparent about where you are. Um, but I, that's kept me from not battling depression as much for me. Um, just being able to do dumps and I call them dumps because I kind of just dump my emotions. And again, if you went through my phone <laughs> audio, I really, I really say kind of how I talk to God, right? I really tell the truth to myself. Um, and I, I don't think we do enough of that. I think, you know, we, we have these capes that we walk around with on um, super, like we're superheroes. And though we have, may have superpowers in certain areas that God's given us, um, we're, we're not, you know, we're human and we have to give ourselves grace. And I know that that's a common thing that people say, but really, really giving yourself grace. What does that look like? I think that's a great question for people to ask themselves. What does that look like when you say, give yourself grace? Is that you giving yourself a day off is that you allowing yourself or putting yourself around people who who not only empathize with what you're going with but have some understanding and can counsel you in that place is it going in um you know getting coaching or or finding the therapist is it sitting in a group you know do you do better with group therapy like you said is it is it better that i sit around people and people who understand and or maybe go to a seminar um but yeah, that that's kind of what my process looks like, has looked like, and is. I've also this year, um, I got really down. I um, I lost my my pastor um, a year before I lost my dad, who was like a spiritual dad to me, mm -hmm. um, and that's definitely a hit, especially in this season. If I can be transparent, um, where I'm kind of doing. Didn't know that I would be doing this, right? But like my pastor would kind of speak 
certain things that I'm doing now that's like, you know, it's triggering me. And I've been saying lately, like, man, I, I, I really wish he was here. Right. And um, I did every June, my dad's um, birthday is in June. And we know that Father's Day is also in June. So this year I did an honor. I, I honored him in June. And I normally do like the voice of a man. But this year it was called Grief to Gratitude. Um, because God was really saying, hey, you have lost a lot, but you also have a lot. Um, and sometimes I think when we lose people, um, and I'm going to talk about me, I won't talk about anybody else, but I, I think mm -hmm. when I'm losing people, sometimes I've often, um, I, it's like there's a piece of me that's like, I don't want to forget. So it, it, it had caused me to almost not see what was right in front of me. Um, and it's kind of like being in front of something and not being able to see it. So I honored all the men in my life, near and far, whether they were co there, they are coaches to me, whether they're good friends to me. And that's been so amazing because it's, it's really shed light on how much I have and not so much light on how much I lost because ultimately I'm always going to have my dad. I have amazing memories. I have, um, a slew of wisdom that always comes out no different than even my, you know, my pastor. Um, I still have him with me, you know what I mean? And it gave me an opportunity to really honor those that I still have here. Right. So we are still living and I, I don't want to negate, you know, honoring them and being grateful for what I have too. So that's also helped me out. Um, in my grief process. And I'm going to do more of that, that this year has taught me even more how I want to celebrate him and make sure, like I told him that, you know, he would live through me, period. And I, I meant that. And I'm doing that, right? And um, in that process, I can also honor men. My, my dad's story, um, and I, you mentioned your dad being an alcoholic. My dad had a, you know, he had a, a real story. I always say I had the opportunity to know two versions of him. Um, and though he was not a perfect man, he was a good man. And I, that's part and piece even of my podcast is the restoration. I saw a piece of him that when I was younger, I didn't. There were things that I did not like about him, but I had the opportunity to watch him grow and become the man that I ultimately, you know, ended up burying. And those two people were two different people. So I love that for men. Um, I also have a heart for men, as you can tell, but um, because I, I do think there's restoration on the other side. And sometimes we are hard on people not realizing they're still growing too. Like our parents were still, you know, kids don't come, you know, kids don't come with a manual there is no thing about, yeah, they tell you this type of parenting and that type of parenting, but every child's different. And most of us was just trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? You you don't realize yeah. that until you get your own kids. You're like, right. oh, mommy really didn't know what she was doing. Daddy didn't really know what they were doing, you know? So it, it allows me to give people to grace in that space. So that's kind of been, you know what I mean? My, my journey, I think it, it's helped me tremendously. I, I went and I went and traded and I'm still, I'm still on the journey. Like I, you know, I'm way better than I was, of course, but I'm still learning. Like I said, this, just this year, I got to the grief and gratitude piece. Um, and mm -hmm. who knows what next year will bring. Um, but yeah, be, be, be,
be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself for those who have lost. Um, and not just people, man, jobs and grief shows up. you know, grief shows up in all different areas. And we're, we're human beings. <laughs> we are human. We miss that sometimes. We are human beings. Like, yeah. yeah. And life is, life isn't easy. It isn't easy. Well, it's, it's, it's not. And, and it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't stop. And um, just to go back a little bit, you know, because when you got ready to say it, I already knew what you was going to say about the whole time thing. And it's funny because that was one of the things I was thinking about before we even started. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to mention this whole time thing because there's no there's no set time. Right. And again, like I said, that that wheel never stops turning. So you it can be like now it's been like I said, over 10 years now, and I could see something or or go somewhere and it'd be like, hmm, mom really, really liked that. Yep. And and so that the whole time thing, time doesn't heal all things. No. It, it doesn't. Uh, it may give you time to cope a little better, but it doesn't necessarily heal. Um, and then also I wanted to mention about the, the strength. You know, we have to make sure that we're taking the time to get the help that we need and not to, because sometimes, you know, we have learned to, to carry that mantra of being strong, you know, and sometimes it's to our death, uh, death, death, I can't even say the word I'm trying to say. You know, sometimes it's, it's not to our own good because we are so strong pretending to be strong or we're so busy pretending to be strong that we can't acknowledge our weaknesses. And because we can't acknowledge it, it doesn't give us time to work on it to actually become strong in those areas. And yeah. so we continue to pass on these traumas and, and things that's unhealed within us because we haven't taken the time to actually deal with it. And so that was why I, I knew that, you know, even in my own journey, we're going through the bereavement and starting, you know, offering the bereavement to our community, that this is something that we need and we have to take time to do it. And I remember I did my first conference at my church and i probably had 12 12 people in my class mm -hmm. and as we were going through you know the different stages um that i was teaching them about my my whole program was called maintaining your faith during your morning right mm -hmm. a lot of us lose faith when when loved ones pass and so i had different ones in the class one lady her son had passed like years and when we were, when it was over, she came up to me and she was like, I'm mad at you. And I said, why, why are you mad at me? She's like, my son passed years ago and I never realized I never grieved because she had two other sons. Yep. And so she was like, all right, I got to be strong for them. And so she kept pushing and in the midst of, you know, the class and everything, she's like, I had to come to terms that I hadn't even grieved yet, you know? And there was another young lady who husband had passed away and she was angry. You know, mm -hmm. and she was like, I'm mad because, you know, she was she was older and she was like, we're supposed to go together, if anything, you know, like you weren't supposed to leave me. And now I'm here by myself, you know. And so it just it, it never stops, you know, and it's something that we have to learn to to deal with, have to learn to come to terms with. And, and it affects us in different ways. And even you mentioned about uh, your uh accomplishments that you have that your father's not here to see and and you also and it's funny how our stories have so many similarities <laughs> you also mentioned about your pastor passing away where my mom was my pastor 
right? Mm -hmm. So my grandmother was was our pastor. When my grandmother passed away, my mom became the pastor, right? And so it's, it's two having that those two strengths in your life. You got your church family, then you got your you know your natural family, and that's where you gain strength from. Well, when that one person holds both of the thrones on both sides, you know what I mean? Like that's a that's a major hit, you know. Yeah. And so I remember going through that. And um, one of the things that I had to deal with when my mom passed away, um, at one point we had a little not seeing eye to eye, you know, right? On, on some things. And I always felt like, you know, wondered within myself, like, did I make my mom proud? Like, did I make up for that time period where we weren't seeing eye to eye? Yeah. And so when she passed away, that haunted me for lack of a better term, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, man, I, I wonder, was she proud of me? You know, by the time that she passed, had I made up for, you know, that? And I'm going through, I'm a person that keeps things. I keep keepsakes and all that stuff, right? So I'm going through some of my old papers and stuff, and I find this letter. Uh, that my mom wrote me for my birthday. And I probably was like 17, 18 years old. And my mom was a poet, right? So she wrote me this poem in her handwriting on a piece of paper that I still have. And it goes through the whole poem, but right at the end of it, it says, I'm proud of you. I love it. And I was just like, wow, because I was really struggling with that after she passed. And I was like, even from heaven or the grave, wherever you want to say she was looking from, you know, she took out the time to still come and let me know that, hey, I'm proud of you. I got you. I'm, I still see what you're doing, you know. And so that was very uh, moving to me, very comforting for me. And, and I think that we will find that there are so many ways to deal with our grief, you mm -hmm. know. And there are so many ways that God allows us, that he answers our questions. Like I said, even with my mom with us not knowing that she was going to get sick, but her having the knowledge or just the will at that time, like, hey, we're going to take these family pictures. Mm -hmm. That's the only family pictures our family have mm -hmm. as, a, as a unit. Like, we got all, you know, because my mom was big on pictures. So we got plenty of pictures of just, you know, random times. But of all of us, as as adults, I think my, my youngest brother was probably in his 20s. So as adults, we're all of us, the whole family together, in one sitting for one group picture, we only have that one picture. And if she hadn't had the, you know, the mindset to do it the way that she did it, like everybody come here, we probably wouldn't even have that, you know? So I'm definitely grateful for the things that, you know, that God allows that those little sprinkles that he sprinkles in the midst of, in the midst of our life. And even in the midst of our grief for us to see and acknowledge like, yeah, it's, it's, it's still part of that healing process. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to go on forever. <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, your journal or your book that you that you wrote, um, because I think that that's also for I for whatever reason. I'm an author, but I don't like writing, you know, like journal, I don't like journaling. I can write, but I don't like journaling. I don't know why. Anyway, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your uh, the book that you wrote. And yeah. you know, what do you hope that the people get out of it when they go through it? Yeah, so this this is the book. I think the cover will give you kind of a little bit. It's called The Heart of Healing, and it's called Healing One Piece at a Time. Um, 
this is my, this is, first of all, it's my baby. Um, it is literally my heart outside of my body. Um, it has taken me, I think I started writing this back in 2019 um, when I really started, um, I felt like I really dived into my healing journey mm -hmm. um, and really started therapy and started doing some of the real heavy lifting. Um, the book is, I've had people call it, so it's a book and a journal <laughs> together. Um, it's not your typical journal. Um, it has parts of my life. Um, you, it's funny cause you mentioned collateral damage and I have a chapter called collateral damage. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is my experience of healing along with some of the processes and pr procedures that I've just learned over time that have worked for me. Um, it's a lot of what I call the dumping of questions and thought provoking and prompt prompted questions that we don't necessarily ask ourselves. Um, my, my prayer is that this book will be the beginning of somebody's journey, um, to getting to the other side. Um, and whether that is done in groups or by yourself, it is the mirror uh, looking back at you. Um, and then there will be a part two, which will be the window of where you can possibly go. So this is definitely the mirror. It's a deep dive into my life. It's a lot of personal stuff um, of what I endured as a child, um, the experience of losing my, 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 my sister, um, the experience of losing my oldest son as well. Um, you know, what that produced in my life, because I, I think we don't talk about that enough. Um, the way that we cope when we're coping in unhealthy ways. And I talk about a lot of those unhealthy ways of how I coped, um, how, how not grieving, how it taught me how to choose certain things and certain people. Um, I will say from, from losing my sister, I definitely um, developed what I call a hero syndrome of saving people because I couldn't save her and at my detriment and now i've just learned because I, I don't think i think often sometimes our purpose um and even what we're called to do if it's done in an unhealthy way it can cause all different types of things and i saw that show up i i, I know that i'm called um to the healing space i know that my heart is to heal people um but the way that and the manner that I was going about that when I was, you know, younger and just not even knowing or even aware, self-aware myself of what or why. Um, so it caused me, this will definitely show you the root <laughs> of the fruit that you see in your life. So whether that is imposter syndrome, whether that is insecurity, whether that is saving people at your own expense, whether that is, I, I mean, you can name it. I've probably been through it, uh, but how that looks. Um, but my hope is that this book would change somebody's life, right? And get them back on track so they can live life um, and not just, you know, be alive, so to speak, but really live life and that they get thrusted into their purpose. And whether that is healing or whatever, you know, whatever street God calls them to, as I call it. But, um, it is my hope and my prayer that the book is 
the, the, the turning point, right? And the mirror for them to take a deep dive and looking at themselves and then change it. Um, I, I 100% believe that this is for the people that will be the chain breakers, the curse breakers, the generational curse breakers in their families that after they do this, that they will be so good that it will change their families. Cause I've seen that. I've seen that in my, my relationship with my children. I've seen that how me healing has changed the my circle, right? Um, and whether that is my family um, or my extended family that are not blood related, but still family, I've seen what that has done. And I feel like if we all get whole, um, the pieces will come together and they'll be healthy pieces and not broken ones. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. And and I'm I'm pretty sure that that the book is going to do it. And and I think this this was a needed conversation for me at this time because I already was planning to uh, read to do the do my classes again to start doing the classes again. And oh, I think I'm, I'm gonna do them online. I think I'm doing them online. So you guys make sure you guys. Uh, Keep keep your ear out. Keep your ear out for us. Yeah, let me know when. I would love. I would love to to be a part of it. However, I can support you in that way. I think it's so important. I'm actually um, doing something um, at my church, and it's called Good Grief, and um, it's amazing. It, it really is, and you will be surprised on how many people have suffered loss, right? And just kind of brushed it off and kept going, and and especially children. My heart too is is. I don't want to say turning to children, but I realize how when we lose somebody in the family, the sometimes the last people that you even think about are children. And I, I know that's what happened to me, you know, 11 going into 12. Even though I was the one there with her, I, you know, I had the experience probably even more than my mom, you know what I mean? But it was like, you're, you're young, let's just kind of go back to normal and they just didn't know how to steward me well. And, you know, no, they stewarded me. Most people will give you what they were given, right? Mm -hmm. So my mother gave me, she's had tremendous loss in her in her life as well. She's lost two children, right? And she gave me what people had get already given her and she didn't know any better. So I, I love my parents for that, but we need to change that, right? And mm -hmm. um, with the world that we live in now, especially, um, there has to be people tending to our hearts. And um, my book was supposed to be called How's Your Heart? Because it's something I often ask people. I think it, 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 it's, it's something I ask myself daily <laughs> in my daily office of how's my heart? Because it allows me to really locate where I am and tell myself the truth, whether I'm saying it to somebody right off the bat. When I get up, I'm like, how's your heart today? Like, you know, where are you? Saying how, how I am sometimes is like, you know, we, we're accustomed to that. Oh, I'm fine. It's good. We're, you know, we say what, but when somebody asks you like, how's your heart? It's always that delayed pause. Cause now you're trying to think of like, it's like, no, how, how are you for real? But you know, so. Yeah. yeah. I know I've, I've, I've begun to ask a, a follow-up question. I tell everybody do that when you ask someone how you doing, you know, that first answer is always generally gonna be, I'm okay, whatever. And then I ask the follow-up is like, okay, so how are you really doing? Yeah. You know, and letting people know that you really are concerned about how they really how they're really doing. And uh another thing I wanna to hit on real quick about the children. Um, and I talked about my mom passing away and my 
mother-in-law passing away. Well, my daughter was probably like six or seven at that time. And I remember after that, it would be times when we would be playing, you know, me and her, and then she would stop and just start crying. And I'd be like, what's wrong? And she'd say, I, I miss my grandmothers because she lost both of her grandmothers you know, in the same time period. And so, yeah, a lot of times we do overlook the children and, you know, forget about how much of a part, you know, the people that plays in our life, just how much of a part they play in their lives too, Absolutely. you know? So um, this conversation has been, uh, been great. Uh, thank you so very much for being on. I want you to have the last word. Um, uh, definitely have the last word. And also let us know where we can find you mm-hmm. and follow you and also uh, where we can get the book. So I'll give you a couple seconds to kind of think about how you want to leave us. Um, to my listeners, uh, thank you guys for, you know, for tuning in. Um, one thing I want you to guys to also remember to check us out with the Forgiveness Mission. One of the things that I've been, organization that I've been blessed to be a part of, it's called the Forgiveness Mission at theforgivenessmission.com, where we do free virtual workshops every quarter of the year. Um, and we talk about forgiveness, what it is, what it's not, forgiveness of self, forgiveness of others, and, and all of those wonderful things. So whenever you're listening to this, either one just passed or it's one coming up. <laughs> so we do one every quarter of the year, and you can find that at forgivenessmission.com. You can go to Eventbrite and register. It's completely free. Um, you go to Eventbrite and register, or you can go to Forgiveness Mission dot com and register there again make sure that you guys are checking us out on our websites the dealhealfulfilled.org website where you can find out more about what i have got going on uh the um even to have me come in as a speaker uh to speak to your organization or your school and uh, also that you're checking out our website for our ebooks that's ebooks by ejames.com um, ebooks by ejames.com make that real simple. And also, guys, again, like I mentioned about, um, I'm definitely going to be hitting Eventbrite myself uh, under dealhealfulfilled.org uh, to offer those uh, bereavement uh, support group classes online. I'm definitely going to do that. So keep your ears out for that. Uh, last but not least, I told you guys I would tell you how you could win $100 from the podcast. You can win $100 from the podcast by joining our super subscriber contest. What do you need to do? First, subscribe to our YouTube channel, to our Facebook page, and to our podcast on Spotify. After you've done those three things, text the word WIN, W-I-N, to the number 866-326-0730 to qualify to win $100. The contest is random and it's ongoing, which means once you're in, you're always in and you can always win. You don't never have to re-up. Once you're in it, you're in it, and at any time we can pull a name, and it could be your name, and you win $100 just like that. So thank you guys uh, again. Miss Deborah. again, let me say thank you so very much for being on, and thank you for the work that you do definitely in this grief and healing uh, atmosphere because it's definitely something that we need in our um communities and you've just relit a fire under me to to rekindle all of that and, and start putting that back out into the world in my in my own uh community that i serve so thank you so very much and again i let you let's have i let you have the last word so the floor is yours so first of all thank you for having me i love this space and i love what you're doing i'm lo- i'm looking forward to seeing the classes that you um create and 
start or or re up and start doing again. I think is it's so needed and it's definitely needed. We definitely need men um, also heading that. I think um, there are men who suffer in silence a lot, mm-hmm. and I love that you are speaking um, about it. I want to leave the listeners with this, um, especially those who are going with grief. There was a a great coach in my life that told me I had a choice of what I would do with my pain. That it could be either the crutch that I used and blames everything on, or it could be the thing that I gave to people. And I remember thinking like, what do you mean? But she's like, your pain will heal somebody else. And that's never been the most, that's the most truest statement ever. So I just, I want the, the listeners to think about that, that they have the opportunity to turn their pain into purpose. They have that, the opportunity to, to give that pain in a purpose form to somebody else. So, but people can find me, I'm everywhere. <laughs> and um, everywhere across the board, it's I am Deborah Faith. Um, just as you see, well, they, uh, hopefully they get to see it, but it's D-E-B-O-R-A, actually, F, um, F-A-I-T-H. Um, we'll talk about that, why that is on, on there, because somebody else had my name. But um, I'm there. Um, the podcast is on every streaming platform. It's called The Exchange Place. Um, you can definitely subscribe and you can find my podcast, my book um, on theexchangeplace.com. Um, if you want to purchase, um, the book is also on Amazon. So if anybody wants to, to get it from there, you can also get it from there. And I'm everywhere. So if you have any questions or want any follow-ups or anything, feel free to DM me. This is this is really my heart's work and it's my life's work. Um, and it's, it's purpose, you know, for me. So I love what I do and I'm serious about what I do. So thank you so much for having me. No problem. No problem. We can't end it any better than that. To my listeners, thank you guys for tuning in once again to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast, where my mission is to help people to deal, heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Until next time, we'll see you next week. Be blessed. See y'all later. Hey, guys. I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866 326 0730. That's 866-326-0730. In order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right. See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.